Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. just want us to consider, uh, just for a short while this morning, the promises of God and uh, the importance of us being a people of promise, that we know the promises that God has given us and that we hold on to those things. Because I, I don't know about you, but whether there have been things in 2017, you faced, Brenda prayed it, challenging times. If you faced very difficult and challenging times in the last year, could you just raise your hand for a moment? There are challenging times, aren't there? Challenges to our health, challenges in our relationships, challenges in the workplace, challenges in in provision and and all of the the circumstances of life that can come and they can crowd us out and cause us at times to forget the promises of God. And if you turn into Luke 1, and uh, I want to focus particularly on on, uh, Simeon and Anna as uh, two people who held on to the promises of God. But I want to start firstly with Mary and Elizabeth. And in Luke 1, verse 30, uh, the angel has just visited Mary, or is visiting Mary and given her this message. And says this, Don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid. For you have found favor with God. I just want to say this morning, if you're here this morning, Don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Peace be with you. It goes on to say this. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. This must have blown Mary's mind. And she says this, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. But now she has conceived a son and is in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Other versions say nothing is impossible for God or with God. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. We read these verses just last week. I think Denise read these verses at the carol service. And you know what, there are two women who are facing naturally impossible situations, but the word of God comes, the promise of God comes, and it overcomes the natural difficulties and problems. The word of God comes to Mary and says, you're going to bear a son. And she says, well, hang on a minute. I'm a virgin. And God says, it doesn't matter about the natural things because the power of God is going to come. And the Holy Spirit is going to move and you will conceive a child. 
The promises of God will always overcome natural circumstances, even when they seem so impossible. And then, if you like, on the other end of the spectrum is Elizabeth. Mary has never been able to, is a virgin, has never been able to, to, to give birth naturally in that respect. And Elizabeth, all of her life has sought to be a mother and has gone past the ability to conceive. And yet she now is six, six months pregnant. Why? Because the promise of God has come. And there may be very real, very natural situations and circumstances, diagnoses or, or things that people have said that are very real. And it's not denying that. Mary didn't, didn't deny the fact that she was a virgin. Elizabeth, it wasn't denied that she was past the age of being able to conceive. But the promises of God were greater than those natural limitations. And I want to encourage us today and ask, what are the promises of God for you? What are the promises of God for me? What are we holding on to? What has God said to us? What has God said to you? That even in the face of natural situations and circumstances, I want to say this, God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And then we meet this wonderful dynamic duo of Simeon and Anna. So if you just turn the page to Luke 2. You know, what we expect will determine what we accept. What we expect will determine what we accept. So a number of, it was a while ago now, but we ordered a, a meal from the Chinese takeaway. And I, I, love, I love Chinese food. And the bag arrived in that moment when you're opening and getting out all the dishes. And maybe a few things that you forgot that you ordered. But one thing I knew that we'd ordered was sweet and sour chicken. Where it's the chicken balls in batter and the sauce is separate. Do we get any men, any witnesses in here for that? And as I unpacked it, along with all the other dishes, I realized we had this bag of magical chicken balls, but there was no sweet and sour sauce. Exactly. But I knew that I'd ordered it. I knew it was on the menu. I knew that I'd paid for it. And therefore, I wasn't going to accept the fact that I didn't have my sweet and sour sauce. So I rang up the Chinese takeaway. They were very apologetic. And in no time, there, was the, there were two bowls. They bought an extra bowl of sweet and sour sauce to make up for it. But the fact was this. I knew what I was expecting, and I wasn't willing to accept anything less. And God wants us to know his promises, to put those as our expectations, so that when everything else doesn't match up to it, we say this, I'm not accepting that. I'm persevering for more. I'm pushing on for more. I'm asking for more. I'm coming back to what was on the menu, to what I've been entitled to, and I'm going to call for that to come. And in Simeon and Anna, we have these two faithful individuals. So we pick the story up. This is nine months on now from when Mary receives the promise. Nine months and eight days, actually, probably, roughly. And it says in verse 21 of, of Luke 2, Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout 
and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. What does that mean? Simeon had a promise. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna a prophet who was there in the temple. She was there too, and she was a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. I love that story. I love the description of these two people, Simeon and Anna, who in many ways are quite different, but in other ways are really, really similar. You know, the the name Simeon actually means hearkening, means listening out for, waiting, prepared and ready to hear. And that's exactly how he lived his life. There's a a little, there's a, a, a cartoon that I'd like us to watch that sort of describes this story in a slightly different way. So if we could just Run this. Have you got that ready, guys? We'll play that. That was good, wasn't it? It's fine. The the thing I want us to focus on, just quickly, I want to just share three things that God's promises will do for us and why we need to be people of promise. And And I want to encourage each one of us today to have a promise that we understand is for us, promises for our family, promises for our church, and promises for the world, because all of those promises are necessary for us to have as God's people. And the first thing I want to say is, is this, God's promises keep us alive. Simeon was kept alive, literally kept alive by the promise that he would meet the Savior of the world, that he would meet Jesus. And you know, the word Jesus means one who saves. It literally means salvation. 
And Simeon was kept alive by this promise. And I believe in a similar way, Anna, who also was now 84 years old, was kept alive by a promise. I believe Anna read scriptures from Micah that talked about out of Bethlehem would come the one who would save all mankind. And isn't it amazing to think that Simeon lived all of his life with this promise that he wouldn't die? I don't know what age he was when he got this promise. I don't know if he was five years old or if he was 55 years old. It doesn't say how old he was when he met it, but I believe this promise underpinned and kept him alive and kept him focused and kept him ready and prepared. And then finally, what happens? He actually gets to hold in his arms the salvation of the world. He actually gets to hold the one who brings life to everything and everyone, the one who is the creator of everything. He holds in his arms. Knowing the promises of God means that we will embrace salvation. We'll take hold of salvation. And not only does it keep us alive, but it gives us life. I believe this kept Simeon young. I believe his faith in the promise kept Anna young. They may have been aging, but they were kept alive by the promises of God. God's promises do not have a best before or a a sell-by date. And whatever God has promised, they are available to us. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. No matter how long we've been waiting, we don't let go of the promise. Could you imagine if just a few days earlier, Simeon had decided that this was too late now, that he was too old now, that he'd missed it somehow? How tragic would that have been? And yet he got up that morning, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, Simeon, get yourself down to the temple. And I don't know whether he knew why he was going there, but he went, he was led by the Holy Spirit. And then in amongst all of these people that were milling around in the temple, he focused on this one young couple holding an eight-day-old baby and the Holy Spirit leapt inside of him and said, there's the source of life. And over he goes and gathers salvation in his arms. The promises of God will keep us alive. If you don't have a promise to live for, then I'm going to ask this question. What are you living for? If we don't have a promise to live for, what are we living for? Sarah asked me a question last night. She said, what are you hoping for the next 42 years? Just as we're about to go to sleep. But I thought, wow, that's such a, a, a significant question. What are we living for? However long, much longer we have on this earth, what are we living for? Why are we alive? We know that it's to know Jesus and to have a relationship with him, but he has things for us to do on the earth, promises to be fulfilled in our lifetime, through us and our faith. Why? Because we're expectant and we're alive with the promise of God. The promises of God keep us alive. Secondly, the promises of God keep us alert. He was listening to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit spoke to him and said, go to the temple. And as I said, he was alert to see Jesus when he was there. In one way, for Simeon, it seems like the Holy Spirit moves him to the temple when he wouldn't normally be there. And as a result, he's in the place where he can recognize the promise. See, that's the other thing. Unless you know what the promise looks like, you're never going to recognize it. And there's so many times in our lives when God fulfills his promise and he wants us to recognize the promise, to see it as the fulfillment of part of his promise towards us. Why? So that we can give thanks to God for it. 
and it fires and stirs our faith. And Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit and he was led to the Spirit, to the temple of that time, of that hour, that day to meet this one couple and there he meets Jesus. For Anna, it was totally different. She was always at the temple. Every day she was at the temple. She'd been widowed from seven years of marriage. If she got married at 27, at 20, sorry, she would have been 27. That means for about 57 years, she'd been in the temple every day. And God wants us to be alert to his promises, to see them in our day-to-day lives. God's promises are not limited to being fulfilled on a Sunday. God's promises can be fulfilled any day. Every day, any moment, in any place, our, our, God's desire for us is that we're alert, that we're led by the Holy Spirit, that we're expecting that God's promises can be fulfilled at any moment. You know, I, I battled with back pain for, I think, for about eight years. I lay hold of the promises for healing time after time after time, and then finally something broke. Now, I can't tell you the moment or the day that happened, but I do know this. It did it, it, it was just a normal day. And I got up that morning and I realized my back wasn't stiff. And I went for the first run that I'd been on for, for years. I've been running ever since. But the promise of God was fulfilled in that moment. God wants us to be alive with the promise. God wants us to be alert to know that promises can happen anytime. And God wants us to know that promises will make us active. You know, the promises of God mean this. I move, I listen, I do, I apply my faith. Jesus, all promises are fulfilled in him. He's God's yes. And our, our job is to do what? It's to say, amen. It's to agree. It's to be active in our faith. Simeon's promise was personal, but it was also corporate. It was for the nations. Anna's promise kept her active. She was constantly moving, constantly serving, constantly praying, constantly worshiping. I believe she was constantly looking out for the promise of God. Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit. He was active in his faith. And when we receive the promise, we have to be quick to give thanks to God. And what I love about Anna is this. It seems like this for Simeon. Great, I've seen the promise. Now I can go home to glory. For Anna, as soon as she saw the promise, she was active in telling others about the fulfillment of the promise. I've met the salvation of the world. And so I want you to think for a moment about the promises of God that you're holding on to. What are the promises? What are the promises that God has said to you personally? What are the promises that God has said to you about your family? What are the promises that God has said to us as a church? What are the promises that God has for your community and for our neighborhoods, for our friends and family that don't yet know Jesus? And how many of those promises are we truly laying hold of? Are we truly being, uh, keeping, keeping us alive that every day I'm trusting that this can happen because God has promised it? That I'm alert to see it at work and that my faith is activated and that I'm active in seeing the promise fulfilled? I want to say this about the promises of God. They are word-fed and spirit-led. Word-fed and spirit-led. If you want to know the promises of God for you, this is the first place to go. To be fed by the word of God. If you're here this morning and you know that your, your body, your health isn't as it should be, there are promises in here for you. 
don't give up on the promises. Don't give up on the promises. If there are family members that have walked with the Lord and have gone away from him, there are promises in the word of God for you. Don't let go of the promises. Lay hold of the promises. Let them keep your faith alive. Let them keep you alert to the times when you need to move. And let them keep you active in continuing to trust God for his promises to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.